Hi, everyone, and welcome to AB Conversations, where we will help you CFP your way out of it, a podcast where you get into the minds of a couple certified financial planners on how we think and feel about everyday financial planning questions and what should really matter most to you. A healthier financial life starts now. Hey there, podcast hey. time once again. How are you today, Adam? Doing all right. How about yourself? Yeah. Well, I know you're doing just all right. Well, fender yes. bender this morning. It's always yeah. something going on, but rainy yeah. day. Look, yeah, it wasn't me. It was Amy, and it wasn't her fault. She was sitting on a traffic light. So the way these things these go. things happen, right? Mm-hmm. This is life. Yep. I thought I actually thought about this yesterday. I think we talked about this. The percentage of people that just are going through stuff. Like oh, we yeah. could talk very. We were talking about some heavy stuff actually with clients, but like just yeah. think about it. The people you interact with every day, just the little nuances all the way to fender benders to sickness, health, like, yeah, it's just, it's important. Public service announcement to all our <laughs> listeners. It's important to be kind. It's important to be kind. All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get into podcast. So <laughs> we had, a, we had a kind of a different idea for today that I hope mm-hmm. people will enjoy. We read a lot of things. We're of course, like statistically driven people. And sometimes we're trying to figure out why there is a disconnect between like what somebody should be doing and what they're actually doing. So yeah, the thought today was let's go through a couple. I feel like there's six mm-hmm. different stats or things that we know to be true that if you think about it, they make you go, huh? Like, yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah. Right, if, take it away. Yeah. So I'll, I'll get into it, but it, it's, I know you and I like to do this a lot where one of us will have a statistic and we always go to the other, just guess, what, what do you think it is? Yeah. And then oftentimes the answer is just wildly different. And that yeah. kind of proves the point that, you know, the, the conventional wisdom is often not in line with the actual statistic that kind of backs it up, the actual reality of the situation. So the first of yeah. those, well, well said, the first of those being, uh, let's just talk about stock market returns. And in our view, that's S&P 500. That's our benchmark for stock market returns. And when you think about the last three years worth of returns, so 2020, COVID, 2021, and 2022, if you average those out, what would your guess be? Or I think the average person would think, yeah, it's probably not anywhere close to the long-term historical averages. But when we went back and looked, the long-term historical average, and maybe it's not going all the way back to inception. We're talking, in our terms, more recent 50 years so going back to the early 70s a long enough runway people remember the 80s there were some pretty bad markets in and out of that time period the S&P has averaged just over 10 percent over the last 50 years over the last three years it has averaged including January just over eight percent per year right so I think we've said this and and I kind of cheated because I did a little video short on this at the end of the year but had I, had, had I told you going into this year that like you could rewind and you get your choice, you can sit in some interest bearing account, or you can take the ride of the last three years, knowing now that there was a pandemic, there's contested elections, there's was record high unemployment, followed by record high inflation, like yeah. all the a things war. that sound you know, super horrible stuff. Yeah. Um, we're still not that far off of historical norms. So it's that whole lesson that it, it's really important to like, not just react to how you feel, 
and it's really important not to like drive looking in the rear view mirror like yeah see, yeah see what's in front of you see that the averages still moving forward um they're always pretty good i mean eight eight percent these last three years ten percent annualized last 50. um yeah we have to, that that makes i hope that makes people go wow really yeah it's a cliche for a reason right the the saying it's time in the market not timing the market um, and yeah, if you can invest for the long term and and go along for that ride, historically speaking, you've been rewarded. So I'll go to another one that's kind of similar. And I had um, really been put through this when I was studying investor behavior and um, you know kind of behavioral finance. If you break market returns, market again being this S and P five hundred, like you said, into four mm -hmm. different categories, um, annual return was it a big gain, which is defined by twelve percent or more. Was it a small game? Small being zero to 12%, like- Yep, that's of, average. Kind of feels big. Um, to small loss and, and uh, big loss, what percentage of the time do you actually have that big gain of more than 12%? And it's 51% of the time versus what percent of the time do you have a big loss more than 12%? It's only 7% of the time. So yeah. you, go through, you go through a year like last year that just really felt pretty horrible. Okay, but based on that statistic, that's a very small percentage of the time that that would be repeated. Yeah, and with frequency. And, yeah, and when when you shared that with me prior to this podcast, that that definitely made me go, "Wow, that just it doesn't feel that way, right?" And that I think that speaks to, and we've talked about this in different iterations too, where it really does reinforce that losses just have a, a more visceral impact on the way we view things and how it feels when the big gains, they feel good like temporarily, but they don't, they don't, they don't stick. That positive feeling doesn't right. stick as long as the negative feeling from a big loss really does. Yeah, it's like, I remember being super excited when the Eagles won the Super Bowl and it was like huge celebration. I don't, rem yeah. I don't remember that feeling as great or better than this week has felt to me after they <laughs> lost to the Chiefs in that fashion. Like the loss yeah. just feels so much worse. So yeah, I get it. But you know, you put those stats together, just just to wrap it up in a in a kind of nice wrapper here. Small gain from zero to 12%. If the big gain was 51% of the time, it was another 20, 21% of the time that you had a small gain. So that's 70%, 72% of the time over the last 90 years. That's what this stat is going back to 1926. Yeah you've had positive returns. So it just goes back to your point. It may feel bad, but statistically there's a point in to, there's a reason to stay in the market because statistically the market goes up more than it goes down. Right. So speaking of feeling bad about returns in the markets, let's talk about bonds. So this was another, another, and we've talked about this, but now the, the debt, the data kind of reinforces it, but 2022 was the worst year for the general bond market ever full stop yeah ever <laughs> ever so how many years of you know history do we have in bond investing just a few like few <laughs> hundred I, I don't yeah right yes so again I'm, I'm just trying to put this in context when you know my little five going on six-year-old like it doesn't get his way and the tears come out it will i will often hear this is the worst day ever <laughs> but you like 
And that's not true. Maybe that's the way he's feeling at that time. But what you're telling right. me is the bond market last year, literally worst year ever. Yeah. And by, and by a fairly wide margin, at least in recent history, going all the way back to 1980 was the previous worst year on record. And that was down 9% for kind of the aggregate index. Last year, the aggregate index was down like 13. So even in that, in that range, we're talking what? 30% more, 30 to 40% more than the previous worst year. That just kind of puts into context really how bad 2022 was just overall from, from a market perspective. So if this is the first time somebody's hearing us talk about this, because I know we have in, in other spaces mm-hmm. at other times, what's the key takeaway there? You know, we, we knew while we were going through it that this was going to be a rough go when interest rates had to rise that quickly. Sure. Um, right. But if the question is, what do you do about it? How should you react to it? Should I be getting rid of these things? Again, you kind of have to recognize that if it was the worst ever, that there's going to be some rebound from that, statistically speaking. I I think we're already getting some of that. It's not to abandon what is supposed to be provided by those instruments to you, whether it's hopefully some safety of principle and some income. But, you know, I almost want to use this as an opportunity to say to a lot of people, congratulations for sticking it out. It really was the worst ever. And now we get ready to move forward. Yeah. Until we experience the next worst ever, whenever that may come. Another 250 years. (laughs) Yeah. It's me being Mr. Brightside. (laughs) That's you to a T. (laughs) All right. We're planners. Let's get off of like investment statistics and talk about some planning things. Um, And I want to go right to estate planning because mm-hmm. this is a st- stat that always stuck with me. Um, and when I say this, our, we're not estate attorneys, but we have a lot of these conversations when we ask people, what are they looking to accomplish with their estate? You know, no one wants to be a burden on their family. Nobody wants to put their family in a bad spot, having to settle in a state that's completely disorganized or you know, not have documentations done because the defaults to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, wherever you live, they may not align with you. But what percentage of people actually have a will? 33%. That's it. One out of every three people has a will, even though, I don't know, our small sample size of right. clients, right. I feel like it's close to 100% would say, don't really want to be a burden. Don't want to leave yeah. a sour taste in my, in my family's mouth because I didn't organize anything or have any documentation done. Yeah. And, I, and this one stood out to me too. And I guess it shouldn't because we've we've seen it. Um, but yeah, the 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 disconnect, and maybe you said this, it's it's the disconnect between what someone may want to avoid or what they would want to see happen and the formality of just documenting that and the time and a little bit of money that goes into that isn't shouldn't shouldn't be a super high hurdle. But sometimes, especially when you think about estate planning, I know we've talked about this before, it's just it's not a fun. It's not a fun exercise, right? It's not a fun thought process to go through, but, and maybe maybe it's the, well, it's not going to happen to me. Like I I got time, I'll figure it out. I'll do it later. And you just, you know, pick that can down the road kind of in perpetuity. Um, But yeah, this, this one definitely stood out to me as a, wow, I I didn't realize it was that wide of a chasm, um, you know, between the people that have it and the people that don't. Yeah, and I won't stay on this rant and tangent for too long, but I think that's where we have tried to figure out how we can help people with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just to introduce people to, you know, a, a good person to work with who may 
help get that done. Um, yeah. I realize that it sounds daunting, but it is one of the things you have to do. But sometimes it's the how, how do I go about doing it? And that's yeah. where the, like in this day and age, technology really can help you, you know, in the same way that, look, if 33% of people get their will done, 100% of people should be getting their taxes done, right? Like that's a requirement. <laughs> and how do people do it? They found yeah. a way through programming a TurboTax or something like that to make it very, yeah. hopefully very simple. The same thing exists in estate planning at this point. There's a legal Zoom and, and Everplans that we like to you know, introduce to some people, depending on the situation yeah. that may be able to walk you through it. So if you're a part of that 67% that sees it really valuable, but hasn't done it, mm -hmm. let's figure out why you haven't and, and recognize how you can go about it in a way that's going to suit what makes you feel okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll pivot to another one, eh, similar, similar vein, um, but life insurance. So we are, we, we are strong proponents of not overpaying for insurance. It's insurance for a reason. Um, and when it comes to types of life insurance, term is one of the cheapest ways to get that coverage. But the statistic that we saw was term insurance actually pays out a death claim less than 2% of the time. Right. So of all, of all the people that have bought term insurance, I am one of them. I know you are too. They haven't paid out yet because we're here talking, but less than 2% <laughs> of, of the time does term insurance actually pay a claim to a beneficiary because, someone, because the account owner has died, which to me, that just, that blew my mind. Yeah, um, but I know that you shared and I, I'm not <laughs> going to steal your thunder. I'll let, I'll no, let go you ahead. take that. Um, in a way that kind of makes sense. The whole point of a term policy is that it's supposed to provide you, I hope with some security and, and dare I say some peace of mind that if something bad happens, you've created some sort of financial backstop for your family, but the intent is to outlive that, right? right? That I'm in this 10 year term, 20 year term, I'm going to live a long and healthy life and I paid for it, but I didn't need it. Yeah. But I think you found an even more crazy statistic on the details of why 90, 98% of the time it doesn't pay out. Yeah, it was, it was more than 90% of the time. So essentially, for anybody that purchased a term policy, 90% of the time before the end of whatever that term is, the policies were either canceled or they were converted to other permanent coverage. So either they were just canceled didn't pay for it anymore, just get rid of it. Or it was converted to a permanent policy that hopefully will be there for that person for the rest of their life. But 90% of the time, something happens other than you know that, that person dying and, and using the proceeds. That baffles me. <laughs> um, maybe not the conversion part. I think that's right. probably really solid planning and we won't go into the details right. of, of why, but you go through this insurance curve of life and why you have insurance you know, maybe cover debts, replace some income, turns into different things, estate planning, maybe long-term care benefits when you get a little bit later mm -hmm. um, into your different phases of life. But the whole fact that, you know, people let it just be terminated, I guess in some cases we've told people like, hey, you're nearing the end of right. this. You don't need it anymore. Don't pay for it. But yeah, gosh, that's a really high number, 90% for those two things. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't find the statistic, but I was curious. I, I wonder... If, 
if your car insurance had a term to it, right? So you had a 10 year term car insurance, how many times statistically <laughs> do people actually file a claim on their car insurance in a 10 year period? It's probably a fairly low amount when you think of you know the millions of people with car insurance in the country. So it, all, all that said to me, and, and maybe I'm, this is my insurance cynic coming out, but it's, an, <laughs> it's, it's insurance for a reason, right? They wouldn't be in business and be profitable if it didn't ultimately work out for the insurance company in the long run. The house always wins. Yeah. Well, again, the, the, dif the difference between it paying out, I mean, I think we made this joke as we were prepping for this. If 2% of the time these term policies pay out, but 100% of the time people die, like <laughs> right. you, you have to like reconcile that somehow. Um, yeah. So if you have term insurance, let's talk about it. Maybe converting makes yeah. a little bit more sense. Right. Um, let's end then kind of on our bread and butter just retirement planning in general. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that we will often read these studies. Um, this one came from an Edward Jones. Um, I think it was actually maybe a year or two ago. They probably do it every year, but we did a podcast on some of these statistics at that time. And the one that I found somewhat shocking made me go, hmm, was that <laughs> three out of four retirees. So 75% of the people who were ready to retire had not done any calculation on what they were going to need um, in retirement. Yeah. So the whole premise of our business, helping <laughs> people recreate paychecks and find out, am I going to have enough money to last my lifetime? Yeah. One, only one out of four people have done it. Yeah. Yeah. That one, that one stunned me too. And it, it, it like the, the questions just start coming to mind. Like why, like what, why haven't people even tried to explore that? And I, I think there's a multitude of reasons, but I think one of them is maybe they just don't want to know the answer. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of it. Um, and I know we didn't mean to go here, but let's just keep yeah. doing it. The first thing that pops into my mind is again, some of the problem with our industry that, you know, we have a bunch of licensed advisors in this industry that have made that not a partnership. It's been, well, I don't want to go to somebody who's going to sell me something or not yep. tell me all the details or not educate me the way that I kind of want to understand this stuff. Yeah. Um, and that would be a shame too. Yeah. There's definitely a trust issue in, in the financial industry. That's, that's, it's not what it's known for. Um, yeah. Being <laughs> but, incredibly trustworthy. But I want the takeaway to be, all right. So for those 75% that haven't done it, um, here's why it's important to do it. In the same way we're talking about insurance and estate planning with these wills, mm -hmm. people are living longer. Yeah. The, the number of financial issues that can pop up in retirement or hurdles that they can have to go over from taxes to healthcare to withdrawal yeah. rates, there's a lot to be figured out. So it really is important to start with that simple calculation and rely on a trusted source to give you some of that education. Yeah. Because understand your options. Yeah. So that's where if, if you haven't kind of calculated what you may need to live off of, then whatever you retire with, you retire with. That's the pot of money. But then there's a huge difference between withdrawal rates and that how long that money is going to last. So there's there's a lot of assumptions and variables that go into a calculation to kind of determine that the future time value of your money. But for our quick hypothetical that we, that we kind of put together, the difference between taking 5% withdrawals every year and 3% withdrawals every year 
can be as much as 15 years worth of your money lasting. So the difference between maybe your money running out at age 80 or 95, that could be yeah. a huge, huge, huge impactful <laughs> uh, moment yeah. in you know, your, your success in retirement. And that's why I think we're put in that position to kind of answer some of those questions. Can I afford to do this? And I think that I don't know if it's a great analogy. I'm actually not very good at these analogy things, but you're I told better. you earlier. I told you earlier today. That's like think about planning on a very small scale. If I was going to take yeah. my family on a vacation and all I had was the money in my pocket, <laughs> I'm going to try to plan out how far can that stretch me. Mm -hmm. You know, what are the things that we can do on this vacation or can't? Right. I don't think you just put some money in your pocket and. Well, when I run out of gas, I run out of gas. <laughs> if, if we can't that's sleep in a hotel, we can't sleep in a hotel. Like, that's it. Um, I don't think we innately, as humans, work like that. So you do kind of have to treat your retirement the same way. What, mm -hmm. can, what can this pot of money do for me? And is it going to meet my needs or not? And if it's not, what are the variables that I can move around to get things better aligned to hopefully give me a, per a higher percentage likelihood of success? Yeah, because without, without that information in your mind going on that road trip, right? The more money you have in your pocket, the better, right? right. It, it gives you that flexibility. But if you know what you need, then you can plan and you don't necessarily have to dedicate more of your time and resources to putting that money in your pocket for that trip if it's more than what you actually need. Bingo. I don't know, I hope this was fun. I, I really do <laughs> feel like these are, these are six different you know, topics within our regular day-to-day -day with clients that, you know, they show that I uh, think you use the word, there is often a disconnect between what people really say is important or what they think or feel and what we need to like work with them on and actually yeah. getting things done. Because ultimately that's what a lot of this list is. It's one thing to like stand beside you and like tell you, here's what we think you need to do and help you come to those conclusions. It's another mm -hmm. to just get those things done. Like yeah. keep, keep in the market. And yeah. just document the will and let's calculate your retirement. Yeah. Yeah. And then take the rest of your time and focus on the things that you want to do. There you go. That's why we got a job. Yep. All right. Well, thank you. Hope uh, you have a new bumper soon. <laughs> hey, thanks. Catch you next. Hey everyone, Adam and I really appreciate you tuning in. Please note that the opinions we voiced in the show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be most appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, your accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to making any decisions or investing. Thanks for listening.